In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Better Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We've got the big four today because in honor of this week's news, today's podcast will be a key bumped fueled seven hours <laughs> and 37 minutes long. <laughs> Do you have your supplies? Yeah, does everyone have their key ready? ready? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> searches key bump like millions other of americans did you guys see the google analytics like screenshots for people googling key bumps yesterday okay um well honestly maybe this is me in my liberal bubble but i was <laughs> like i was yeah, like everyone grow knows up. what a key bump is yeah that was i was when people were like what is that i was like <laughs> i don't know I either know. i've never seen that i've never, I've never seen, seen that, that. Uh, well, you can tell I live in Bushwick because it's always an acrylic or press-on nail bump. But that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> what if you said that? That would be. I yeah. mean, that would have that would have opened up a whole other line of questioning. <laughs> it really would have. It really kind, would have. Kind of I'm mean, wondering how many people hadn't seen Cruel Intentions at this point. It's it's kind of a travesty, uh, frankly. But that was a special necklace. That's like a special it's customized true, necklace. But I feel like, like at that point, people should have like, how didn't it just slowly permeate the? the I feel like the lawmakers in Parliament probably have necklaces. They sound like they're always doing blow. No, they're not. They're not at wait Parliament in, in the, UK? the UK. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, because ne- the necklaces are cool. <laughs> and these guys are historically not. Good point. I mean, Good point. those Downing Street parties were supposedly pretty uh, pretty popped off. Uh, but they have cocaine on the surfaces. I'm thinking mm. these guys are doing it off cherry wood, like, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. cr- like family crests. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I mean, when I first saw this, it's like Madison Cawthorn is a 26-year-old living in a major city. You think you're special being offered a key, some cocaine and an orgy? Show me a 26-year-old in a, in a thriving metropolis who has not, okay? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just like, my, my biggest question, and I've said it in the newsletter many times, is my, uh, the, the thing about the story that shocks me is that anyone would invite him to this. Well, to me, <laughs> you know, when I write my many books, I'm going to write a few books, <laughs> but one of them is going to be, there is manners and etiquette to like party life and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, you know, 
there's some activities that you kind of ask someone in a, as a courtesy, but it's not necessarily like you want to do it with them. But it's mm. like if you're eating a big sandwich or you have a huge pizza and there's somebody there at a party, you're going to offer them a slice, even though you don't kind of want them to have a slice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I guess you can do this orgy too or whatever the thing. Because you're here uh, and then we're all talking here. about it and it would be rude not to invite you. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be uncouth. Yeah, to, maybe that's why the person said sexual gathering. They wanted to make it sound less fun. Mm -hmm. They're like, don't tell them we're having an urge. Just call it a sexual gathering. And he's so let's let's backtrack a little bit. If you didn't watch the news yesterday, I took a sick day yesterday and it was quite a day. <laughs> take a sick oh, day. Poor Amanda. <laughs> I mean, I didn't work. Luckily, I, Bridget was able to, to commentate on it, but I certainly paid attention. I, I enjoyed it as a spectator. The 26-year-old Republican representative from North Carolina has backtracked these comments he made on a podcast in which he claimed, as we talked about, that he'd frequently been invited to, quote, sexual gatherings by older lawmakers. He specified that the lawmakers inviting him to these gatherings were in their 60s and 70s. And I mean, it is Congress, so. <laughs> so he wants you to know, like, he's not getting invited to, like, the cool parties that, like, the squad are going to. <laughs> like, yeah. he, these, are, these are sexual gatherings of older Congress. This isn't even Matt Gates inviting him anywhere. No. These are sexual no, gatherings. Because no. there's no their... one over 18 at those. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Madison Cawthorn can't afford. He has, he has a record. He needs to stay. He needs to stay within the lines here. And not yeah, do any he lines has like here. a sexual abuse record, right? Sexual yeah, misconduct. Yeah, and he drives um, without a license. He just has a lot working against him. Republicans in government lost their ever-loving shit over this. This is a stronger reaction from House Republicans than I feel like we've really seen to anything Marjorie anything. Taylor Greene has done. Anything. She, she can like, appear at a Nazi rally, and it will not. Like, they are pissed that he said this. <laughs> well, Kevin McCarthy also, is so much more disappointed, like his his vibe. She also, like, I mean, you know, the poly community is under attack by Republicans. Honestly, <laughs> I thought they were going to be severely weakened by COVID in general and, and shelter in place. Um, but, but they prevailed. And then didn't Marjorie Taylor Greene have an affair or like some her was in an open teacher. relationship with her CrossFit teacher? Mm -hmm. It's just like they're taking hit after hit, man. <laughs> yeah, there's another person. He's a Republican, and I have no idea what state race he's. I just retain the fact that he he decided to like pull away from running because it came out that he and his wife were like that he had stepped out of his marriage and it did ethical non-monogamy. But it really is kind of a shame that like none of these guys that are Republicans can ever say, you know what, we have an agreement in our marriage that is respectful, and it always has to be like, yeah, I have sh laid, laid shame to my community. <laughs> Well, we have an agreement in our marriage that I can offer cocaine to Madison Cawthorn <laughs> for a sexual gathering at the house. And that is something that we agreed upon within the balance. <laughs> well, like being truthful about, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a slippery slope because then you're like, yeah, we respectfully, you know, and this is the bounds of our marriage. True. Uh, and then it's like, OK, then why are you trying to create laws that limit what other people do in their relationships, whether it's queer relationships, whether it's abortion, whether it's all this other stuff, they they it doesn't align with their shit, you know, and it's mm -hmm. this is a big reason why, you know, the the majority of people don't align with Republican stuff because 
people are people are in open marriages now. I feel like the most Republican thing that Madison Cawthorn said on the podcast was that when he was talking about the cocaine, he was like, I've seen, you know, the greatest minds and the people that are making laws and policy around addiction doing key bumps. And it's like, it's such a tale that you're a Republican that you said making addiction policy, not drug policy. Like you didn't see the hip, like the hypocrisy you saw was like your friends, you know, that are addicts, not like the drug policy in this country where people are going to jail. For doing key bumps. Yeah, I mean, also, I feel like I should say, I don't think that this is true. (laughs) He doesn't either. He doesn't either, apparently. So (laughs) as we said, I don't think this happened to Madison Cawthorn. I don't think no, that anyone that's invited me. I was going to say, the, the Republicans have had this long standing, like the family. There's mm-hmm. been like laws of oh, yeah. very interesting stuff that's been happening. <laughs> it's a nice way to put it. Republican lawmakers. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> setting aside like Matt Gates, um, you know, they, they've been doing stuff and it's quite famous <laughs> in DC. <laughs> If you know, like staffers or whatever, that like they they've been doing crazy shit. Yeah. So I'm almost kind of like, who invited Madison Cawthorn? Yeah. That exactly. Immediately, like, what a little snitch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And snitch. I mean, on that note, Kevin Kevin McCarthy said that he met with Cawthorn to admonish him, and he told reporters that the first term congressman had lost by trust. And that the allegations Cawthorn had made during a podcast interview last week were, quote, exaggerated. McCarthy said, I told him you can't make statements like that as a member of Congress that affects everybody else in the country as a whole, as a whole. But McCarthy also said Cawthorn told him he exaggerated the claims and actually saw a staffer do coke in a parking garage from 100 feet away (laughs) rather than having been offered a keep up by a lawmaker. So then that's that's just sad. But then also, according (laughs) to Politico, we told McCarthy that he doesn't know what cocaine is. So I don't know if he thinks he saw an exchange of baking powder and assumed it was cocaine. That's really... That's really amazing to say. I don't know what it is. I don't know what cocaine is. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, that's like, oh my God. Maybe. Um, He's like a kid getting caught. That's what happens there. Yeah, that's why I didn't inhale status. Yeah, it really, really is. And it's for it to actually be like, no, I saw someone in like a way lower position of power than me maybe having fun 100 feet away from me one time is the actual story. But in a parking garage. In a parking garage. I'm and meanwhile, congressional, and meanwhile right? congressional staffers are like trying to like honestly reckon with substance abuse problems because of the stress we're under. And here Madison Cawthorn is like, I think it was just a stressed staffer in the parking garage, honestly. By himself, it's like, okay, that's a whole other issue. Exactly. And like, yeah. uh, what? That would have been like, what, what if you just said on the podcast, you know, it's pretty sad in Congress. There are staffers doing doing blow and uh, that poor, that poor. I wonder how many staffers woke up this morning thinking oh shit did they see me <laughs> was it me it wasn't was true not, yeah that's a I mean, he saw nothing you're right he saw nothing he saw nothing and Cawthorn is, is there- of course no stranger to controversial comments he said last month that ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky is a thug and called his government incredibly evil i mean they are most enraged obviously over the like puncturing of family values they're still mad i saw some headlines this morning that they're going to get somebody to primary him um, people from Asheville always like to be, we know, we know you're great. It's very strange that this man is from there. Mark Meadows is from there too. We know you guys are mostly good. I'm sorry you have this man. <laughs> <laughs> How do you uh, win though? <laughs> I think just the way the they're, you know, sliced up, like the districts. Like I'm assuming that the parts of Asheville that are known for being kind of like weird and really 
left wing are just maybe not or maybe cut well, up, North sliced Carolina and diced. had a whole thing with their maps, but I'm yeah, not always. I don't remember what the full outcome of all of that is. But I do think that we're dealing with kind of a fucked up map situation. In yeah, North, North Carolina is definitely like a I think a blue state being held hostage by yeah. the way it's drawn. But aren't there, they, yeah. aren't most of them though? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, most sure. of the most of the red states, especially in the South, the larger your black population is, the more likely it is that you're really just the blue state being held hostage by by red maps. Well, Madison, that was a fun that was a fun midweek midweek moment for us all. I mean, this on top of the slap, there was a lot of energy on Twitter this week. I'm feeling <laughs> feeling tired. <laughs> we had a sorry. Can I just say I googled yes, it. Uh, because I wanted to get the status of North Carolina's maps. And um, the status of their maps is that earlier this month, so they had to make new maps. They had to redraw them. And Republicans tried to get those maps struck down, but the Supreme Court said no. So the new maps are expected to benefit Democrats more than the Republican-controlled legislature's map. So that's where yeah. we're at. So and, and the Supreme Court already said that, right? Yeah, that's already yeah. this. Uh, that they it was this article is talking about North Carolina and Pennsylvania. The Supreme Court was like, yeah, no, you have to keep the maps that are correct. Yeah, and I think I think like right I'm not thing. sure what SCOTUS decided here, but I know when we had somebody on from like a democracy group, I think it was called like I think it's called Democracy NC. She was saying that like the way that they. North North Carolina Republicans were trying to make it look like a partisan gerrymander, which we remember is allowed, uh, but it actually very much was a racial gerrymander. So that could be good. That has me really curious about about North Carolina in the next couple of elections. But some yeah, of that culture like war they're stuff. They're going to get slapped. Uh, <laughs> by... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. 
And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Do we have any, yeah, do we have any slap takes today? Any lingering slap takes? Um, Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I just have been enjoying... Um, seeing every single celebrity that spoke out against them, um, against the slap getting dragged. Yes. Uh, Kate, Caitlin, every... before we got on the mic, translated uh, what Black Twitter was doing to Zoe Kravitz, which I needed. Oh, yeah. Zoe Kravitz is done. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, she's probably going to have a statement. I, I, wow. I predict before the end of the week, she's going to come out with this statement because she said it twice. She said it on two different things. Defended Will Smith or, or, or defend or said what he did was No, she was like, here is um, a picture of me at this dress with the dress oh. from the award show that I guess we're hitting each other at. Uh, she did that twice. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, the dress was ugly. And you made <laughs> comments about Jaden Smith when he was 14. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It was that. And then the the. Like people just straight up saying, "Oh no, we're going back to Zendaya now." I was like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> when like your dad dated someone who was eighteen when he was thirty-seven, like, so, like yeah, just crazy was, shit that mm-hmm, had nothing mm-hmm, to do with mm-hmm. her." But it's like you can catch him too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she was catching strays, but she at the same time, like some of the stuff people were saying, they were like, "Okay, well, you were doing X." I was like, "Everybody's got receipts in the moment." Yeah, we were, yeah she just damn. come out to us in the Batman. Everyone was excited. We were uh-huh. all behind her. It uh-huh. felt. It feels like every day there's another reason to post that Tyra give. We were all rooting, all rooting for you. Yeah. I, was, I, I was all like, damn. <laughs> to me, it's the Tiffany Pollard gift. You should have sat there and just ate your food. I was mm-hmm. going to say, as New York said. <laughs> yeah, New York said. Yeah, Judd Apatow should have sat there, ate his food. Mm-hmm. James Corden. Did that whole we don't talk about Jada bit. They made like a we don't oh, talk right. about Bruno cover, oh, but we don't talk about Jada. And <sighs> that oh, shit is corny. Like, I'm going to continue to say silent. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis also out here. I, w- I was That was the most disappointing one for me. What did she say? She she retweeted uh, an she said, article your by Gut Health with Activia. <laughs> <laughs> Slap the runs. Slap the patient. Yeah, it, it was it, it it did not it did not go well. She she retweeted something that uh, people immediately started dragging mm. her for. Basically, if wow. you don't come down on silence or yes. Will's side, Twitter's gonna find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's They're easy, easy enough. Yep. Easy enough. Simple instructions to stick with. Want to get slapped the shit out of? Yeah. Eat activity. Um, sorry. Uh, oh, beautiful. Okay, that was great. I loved that interlude. Now we'll return to the topics that we should all. Everybody should. I wish there were memes, more memes about this on mainstream Twitter. 
January 6th, some topics are heating up, specifically the seven hours and 37 minutes that are missing from Donald Trump's daily call log casual. on January 6th. We're going to get into casual. all this. But it made me <laughs> casual. So casual eight fucking hours. But this made me curious. If we disappeared from the grid for seven hours and 37 minutes, Elise, what would you most likely be doing? What could consume you for seven hours and 37 minutes that you would speak to no one? Which obviously for isn't that, what happened here. I'm just curious. What would I be doing? I mean, I would have to be like, probably sleeping like <laughs> i would probably be like yeah. on a beach asleep <laughs> or on a boat asleep like i would like to think that maybe i was yeah. asleep in in a nice location where i had gone to dedicate specific time for sleeping but yeah i would have to be sleeping <laughs> caitlin which book would you be <laughs> you know Me that deep i in. would be i would be going back to my my all-time favorite 600 800, is it 800 pages it might be 800 pages anyway 800 page tome battle cry of freedom so that's that's what i would be doing with my seven i feel like when you reviewed obama's book this is pretty close like i feel like you just had to read for it's, a day straight. oh my god that was i mean it's that yeah I, I maybe i don't know if i'd sit down with that book again obama's <laughs> cool and everything but you know you know that i'm all about the the, the civil war so i mean i'm all about that war i'm all about that war mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> i feel like i've had like steamy hookups that have lasted Ooh. with like wow sleeping yeah. and sex and sleeping yeah. and sex for like seven hours and then i look at my phone and like everything blew up or mm-hmm. i watched a marvel movie and a half <laughs> in seven and a half hours <laughs> yeah, yeah my i guess that's be that i could definitely scroll tiktok a- for seven and a half hours yeah, yeah, it would be just a binge watch. Like, if I got a really good show, like, and it's got many seasons, many episodes, there's mm. intrigue, yes. I could do I could do a full seven hours. It could also be a British in season two thing. I oh. was off the grid for a second. Really? Yeah. You know? People say British it's better than the first. really got oh, me this I don't season. Know. I, 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 there's less sex. There's less sex, but I was personally more invested in the relationship. I found I I enjoyed yeah. uh, the Viscount and Miss Sharma's mm-hmm. relationship. It was it was so desperate. It was just like mm. the the fact that they couldn't, and then you were like, mm. "Damn, that's so much like like hand touching by it's accident." A lot of gazing. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of gazing. Um, and then I he feel- does he does go down on her outside. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Love it. Eventually. Um, There's say? a Betches article that, you know, our readers can't see this, but we can see how many people click on it. And I think they titled it, like, How to Get Off to the Second Season of Britishton, even though there aren't as many sex scenes. And a uh, girl needs to be clicking on it. I mean, this is why Betches is legendary. It's because every day it's like that one, very plainly titled, and one that's titled, like, How to Get the Line Down the Middle of Your Abs. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I watched We Crashed, the WeWork thing, oh. um, for like. Well, there was only four episodes out, yeah, but it's it's really fun. Oh, like, nice! It's like a, a, of the scammer things. It's like really fun because Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto are fucking crazy, <laughs> and whoever wrote this like hates the hates did you people. see she said that she has not talked to him out of character she did an interview where she was like i have not met jared he, leto because he was in character the whole time uh, Ugh. but I honestly hate that shit so much. but honestly 
like i mean i don't know about him but her like she did so good really? like, she did it without having to be yeah exactly fully but she has react. a different voice mm. she has a different voice like that woman is crazy yeah like Oh man, it's yeah, really she went home to her family and acted normal after. I just feel like I feel like the method thing is a thing that only male actors who can have a lot of power and can get away with like being really shitty to people do. Well, just take like the Lawrence Olivier approach to it, which when he was asked, like, do you ever have you ever done method or whatever? He's like, no, I do my job, which is called acting. Yeah, he, I love him like <laughs> shitting on method stuff. Yeah, I well, I think with him. Which is interesting. It's like, it's not like Joker where somebody was like a murderer or whatever. It's this really intense sales guy who doesn't know how to turn off. Mm. So like in that way, I can not have more compassion, but just kind of see like, yeah, I bet um, Jared Leto didn't turn it off because he's the same guy. It's a guy who like is very pushy, doesn't take no for an answer, this and that, you know? You know what this is reminding me of is actually a Will Smith story because <laughs> when they were all in Suicide Squad, Jared Leto was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He sent a rat in a condom to Margot yeah. Robbie's house. Christ. And he sent something crazy That's to Will Smith's house. workplace harassment. I, he sent something crazy to Will Smith's house, I can't remember, and Will Smith was like, do not send crazy shit to my house. If one of you motherfuckers ever <laughs> sent anything to my house. It was actually very keep my wife's, my fucking wife's yeah. name. Yeah, out of your mouth because yeah. he was like don't send crazy shit to my house like yeah, my wife picks up the mail you. well yeah. now they have the police there because there are like drones overhead and they're like do not have drones over my fucking house <laughs> that was a good so there's so much good tv to watch but like i am struggling with and i don't use this term lightly i am addicted to my phone like mm. i i can't I'll pu- I really want to get into a show I've been like dying to watch and then I find myself I'm sure so many people can relate like 40 minutes in I'm like I don't have a vague idea what happened I just yeah. watched 40 TikToks about how to make tofu I don't know how to make tofu and if I put my Are phone you somewhere make else tofu too? Yes, yes I made last night I made gochugang marinated tofu with miso oh. glazed braised Ooh. leeks Fancy. I think I tofu from scratch, like the oh, grinding of soybeans. Just make it. But even if I like, will put it in a drawer. I, I feel anxiety and I miss it. Mm. It's like a real problem. I need to, I need to work on it. I need to like delete the TikTok app. I don't know because I'm not able to enjoy all of this prestige television. Send me that recipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I, I've been watching. Pachinko and oh, Apple yeah. TV. I didn't know that already. Yeah, because it'll just miss entire lines of someone will be saying something in korean for two minutes yeah and you'll get one line which is like mom <laughs> come over here. <laughs> and then i'll look at my phone and i'm like right. i really don't even know who the fuck etsuko is is that his mm-hmm. mom is that his? I, yeah i think um, i'm gonna have to i used to work at huffpost and we always rolled our eyes at all of like ariana huffington's sleep shit but she did like there at one point she came out with like a bed to put your phone in and we all thought it was the stupidest thing ever but i'm this close to getting a phone a bed to, so i can put my phone to bed because i just need to enjoy other parts of culture i only get dopamine from my phone i i use my phone almost all the time but uh whenever i'm watching television i'm always on uh, an app or like doing like a puzzle app or a game app oh yeah it's like giving me the input but i'm not distracted from the actual so Mm -hmm. it's like okay i can't watch anything that's like going to interfere with like the audio visual thing. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll play two dots for like four hours while I'm like, yes, I know a lot of people that do that. That's a good tip. Maybe I should pick yeah. that up. All right. 
Thanks, guys. I'll report back. <laughs> All right. Well, seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours later. Start there, Kate, with my actually real addiction to my device. All right. So this gap is crazy. I read the like long Washington Post article by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa. And it's just like, it's just Nixonian. It's, it's crazy that we're all just sort of living casually in this world where this has happened. So this gap appears in records turned over by the National Archives that Trump was trying to keep the January 6th committee from seeing. I think that's important to note. There, these are records. There are records about his movements throughout the day. And then there are specific mm-hmm. records about calls he made through the White House switchboard. He spent his morning, this is documented, talking to Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani Steve Bannon, David Perdue, and Stephen Miller. He also left Nightmare a blood Mitch McConnell. <laughs> nightmare blood Nightmare blood rotation. Rotation. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, gosh. Oh, nightmare. Get me out. I don't I'll go first. Smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being too high with that group. Impossible. Mm-mm. Sources have said they would just call the police. You'd get out of blood. Yeah, the they, they, you yeah, smoke right. and then they would call the police. Yeah. Sources have said that the calls with Bannon specifically referred to him trying to get Pence for a breakfast meeting with Trump to push him again to refuse to certify the election. A lot of this shit is in all of the book, the Trump books that, you know, we don't want to spend our money on, but are good to read when they're quoted in the Washington Post later. (laughs) Trump's morning calls are very regular. He talked to eight people making calls every about every 10 to 15 minutes. They stop suddenly at 1137 a.m. This is a couple hours. I'm not sure I, when the rally started getting out of hand and, and not being I a feel rally like around anymore. two o'clock. Yeah. At two o'clock, I think they like breached. So I don't know when they started like walking, but obviously this has been scrubbed. So my that's when Trump decided to scrub. My sister sent my bachelor party email at 1.30. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it was, it, something was already getting weird. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie, yeah. for preserving that evidence. <laughs> yeah, I always am like, what time did it happen? I go back to the email. Hey, batches. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like by two, it was already nuts. By two, it was like it had happened. It had happened. And so after 11.37 a.m., there is nothing on these calls. The calls resumed at around 6 p.m. And again, after that point, he had a, phone calls every 10 minutes. He has about 11 phone calls until about midnight. But for 457 minutes, including the entire duration when his supporters were breaching the Capitol with weapons and shitting in Nancy Pelosi's office, we do not know who the then person, (laughs) who the then president was talking to on the phone. I mean, but her goddamn emails. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this This is is also exactly what like Nixon resigned over because he had Mm -hmm. missing. There was like missing hours on a tape that he handed over and everyone was like what the hell is on that that missing i can't even remember how much it was it was like two it hours or something minutes it was 18 mm-hmm. minutes oh, oh my god it was not that, oh like, my god were, like, 18 minutes like, we're taking like, no, out no 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 this is, this is orders of magnitude large no it's trumpian yeah. it's trumpian yeah if there had been seven hours missing nixon would have just resigned right there they'd have been like bye <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Well, he was like, "Oh, um, I was just in the gallery eating my dog biscuits." It's fine. Seriously, like he was like trying to figure out like how to get out of that yeah. situation, and he was like, "I can find an excuse." There's yeah. not, what the, the during the entire insurrection, this man was like, "Yeah, no, I didn't talk to nobody. wasn't wasn't doing nothing. I um, yeah, well, watching watch Fox News. That's it." <laughs> this is pretty typical of Trump. Like, there, one of my very like 
favorite podcast of the Trump era was Trump Inc. by WNYC. And they have this whole episode about the Office of Presidential Records, I think. Mm -hmm. And like literally anything that touches that desk is archived. But Trump like would constantly be ripping up shit trying to shred and they're like no this is illegal and like it was this one guy's job they interviewed him where he would just like have to go through the trash and paste it back together and copy it and all this stuff because trump like was used to like not being accountable to hold like to tell people who he's meeting what he's discussing and all of that so in that way you know, I feel like it is pretty typical of Trump, but didn't recent reporting like, say that he would eat it? Didn't there that, was did one, I dream that there was something that okay. he there was something sure. about okay. him eating paper. <laughs> I think but I think it paper. was just McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he just I'm eats kidding, the I'm whole kidding. thing. Um, <laughs> um, it's really, uh, it's really wild to me personally because, obviously, I mean. Not to, I feel like pointing out Republican hypocrisy is like a dime a dozen yeah. at this point, mm -hmm. but that information belongs to the American people. Like that is not his information to shred or not take down or not have. Like we are supposed to have a record of what the president is doing that is available to us and other lawmakers to see. So... Yeah, it's like a huge fucking deal for him to just not be keeping records and to have just blank, gone blank for seven hours during the insurrection is. On the other hand, there's no need to worry about a Trump presidential library. So. <laughs> I do. I do wonder <laughs> about that. <laughs> I mean, we were already wondering whether or not he was literate, but now we yeah. know there's no where there's no books. There's not. What would you even put in there? Yeah. I mean, here's I'm, the toilet where he flushed multiple records of his guest Here's the phone that he was here's using. Here's the burner phone. Yeah, yeah here's, here's the, bur the burner I mean, phone that he used during the insurrection. This has obviously raised questions about whether he used a burner phone because there's no, there's no doubt that he spoke to people on the phone he during was that period. Mark Meadows exactly. Or, we know this. If Ivanka know said these, she talked to him directly. Exactly. We already know all of this. All of this has already come out. We know that, like, you know, there was a phone going around saying, get me Tommy Tuberville. Like, he was trying to talk to everybody. Yeah. But he, he it, it wasn't uncommon for him to use these earlier. It's just clearly a lie. But despite that, the former president claimed he did not know what a burner phone is. He said, quote, I have no idea what a burner phone is. <laughs> He added yeah, just to, like the best of my, to the best it's this, to the best of my knowledge. I have never even heard the term. See, this is the thing. Let's say I were to I were to believe that these gentlemen had never heard of a key bump or cocaine or a burner phone. What I do not believe is that they have not seen the wire. They know what yeah. these things are. Yeah. Uh, not, OK, first of all, you're telling me Michael Cohen paid almost 200 grand to some porn star to silence her and these motherfuckers don't know what a burner phone is exactly are you Absolutely like not. what are you you talking like the mob all the time you own a casino your friends you don't know with what jeffrey a epstein darling he you was your friend the, you were on the lolita <laughs> express honey lie you about got a you know what a burner yeah. is you're not gonna fucking now maybe you don't know what a black rock city burner is <laughs> But you know Probably what a burner not. phone is. Exactly. And if you, I mean, John Bolton thought he was really doing something when he was like, no, 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 I heard him say it one. We're like, we know, we know. We don't need to just hear from, you're oh, not the only person. We're not going to, I'm done listening tape, to you. Right? It's like that, like trying to track down the N-word tape. That, you yeah. Know, it's like, 
We know we get it. We know he said it. We know he has terrible shit. He said that there were good people on both sides in Charlottesville. Do we need to know? He he once at a rally pointed to a black man and said, "My like." Mm-hmm. You guys, <laughs> we're not surprised. At this yeah. point, nothing, nothing is surprised. Like it's the only thing that bothers me. I think about this entire thing is the way that like each one of these revelations, instead of being like, okay, this is an obvious thing, like and 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 like have it become like an actual narrative, it's just kind of like, aren't you surprised? And we're like, no, I'm not surprised. Like, do something. Don't don't just yeah. act like we should all be like. <gasps> gas horror like in fact it's kind of bizarre that like people have gotten so much more energy for just two grown men mm. grown men who one who kept insulting someone's wife and the other one who hit the end of his rope i guess and slapped him and that's gotten so much more energy from everybody than the president of the united states coordinating a coup against yeah. the country going missing yes. for seven hours the on the day that his supporters <laughs> attacked the capitol and he has no records for seven hours it's just it's I, to go back to what caitlin was saying it's just a Everything seems like it's the final straw and nothing does because nothing has been the final straw. So it's well, like, it's, yeah, sorry. I feel like in the past, you know, the, the reason to create a lot of urgency around these headlines were to get him out of office. Now he is out of office. And so now we are wondering why a lot of people are now really wondering and they're wondering to the press vocally why Merrick Garland isn't taking some steps that we would like to see taken because there have been a couple more, you know, things that still managed to surprise us are our developments. And a recent court filing, the January 6th committee did assert that it has a, quote, good faith basis for concluding that the president and members of his campaign engaged in a criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States. That's what they did. And that is not legal. A federal judge also said in a ruling on Monday that was related to, I think, something John Eastman wrote, that Trump, quote, more likely than not committed a federal crime when he tried to obstruct the congressional count. So all of this together, as I said, has frustrated some lawmakers, people on the January 6th committee are saying this publicly, that they want to kind of hustle the Justice Department, that Attorney General Merrick Garland ought to be pursuing criminal charges against former President Trump, White House aides who are refusing to testify. The panel has or is about to make criminal referrals for contempt of Congress for Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, and Peter Navarro. We know that the Justice Department has only moved to prosecute Steve Bannon based on their referral. They haven't done it yet for Mark Meadows. And after last week's revelation about Ginny Thomas, I think everybody's kind of curious why that is. I mean, the, just, the Washington yeah. Post said this week that they're they're getting a grand jury together to potentially subpoena some officials, but and Kushner's appearing today, but we know that, like, they're moving to prosecute Steve Bannon, but his trial still isn't until July. So why aren't lawmakers in jail yet? Whose responsibility is it to put them there? And why aren't they doing it? I mean, and you also have to toss in Ted Cruz, who apparently was also coordinating. Yeah. And just to be clear, there's no protection whatsoever for coordinating against the government that you by oath by oath okay there's a whole oath Mm -hmm. of to protect the country against enemies foreign and domestic especially in the senate that violating that oath should come with consequences it's just kind of insane to me that like like well i mean like two things merrick garland has was not hired to be an aggressive prosecutor that was very clear. And that was it's piece of me that's like, I would have rather had a not had Kamala Harris be VP I than have her be AG because she would mm. be cutting bitches right now. Yes, that's what I would do. I've been thinking bitches. that 
I've been thinking that so much. I feel like when I see Merrick Garland attorney generaling, I can see his heart ain't in it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He, he just wanted wants to be hang out on the court. Yeah. And He's a judge. Yeah, I, was, I know. He was he supposed to go to SCOTUS. He was supposed he, he to go no to SCOTUS. He has no instincts. I, I, he, he doesn't want to do this. Another thing is that Biden clearly doesn't want to do it. He, he has been low key on this from the beginning. He did not like yep. the impeachment. He, he, I swear to God, the Biden administration asked them to wrap it up faster. That was the fastest impeachment trial in American history on what literally the worst incident in American history. If there's anything that should have dragged that trial out, it's the fact that the president of the United States. And, <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, look at, we're still here trying to. Do you think if there had been a longer trial, we would have like some of this would have gotten sunlight earlier? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we would have found out last year. I think we would have had About much more pressure mm-hmm. during an impeachment trial to get everybody to testify. I think it would have been a much bigger Convict. deal that people aren't saying things. And I think like Ted Cruz wouldn't have been able to vote to protect himself um, as a witness. I mean, there's so many other things here. It's like you gave them, you insisted upon a committee that's going to find out the truth after the fact that has no power. So you're waiting for the Justice Department, which again, you put someone at the top of it. <laughs> Love my doorbell ringing. Um, <laughs> you put someone at the top who like doesn't care. It's a problem. Yeah, and I, I feel like I've seen it. some legal experts are saying he wants to maybe just let the committee kind of shine for a bit and gather their evidence, but they have completely different roles. Like they, the committee TikTok. is now sort of saying like Benny Thompson is like we don't have any power to prosecute these people like this is for you this is actually the separate like this is the separation of powers you actually shouldn't you should use your own judgment on what to do yeah and also like those things could be happening at the same time like they could be moving the the committee has all these people that they've recommended charges for so we could be stepping up the charges i i really feel a lot like what caitlin was saying i i think that if Joe Biden wanted this to happen, mm-hmm. uh, it would be happening. And mm. I think that that it's not happening because he I think he still has this like, I'm going to bring everybody as, as crazy as it seems. I think yeah. he has this whole thing of being like, I don't want to prosecute this because my job is to bring everybody together. And that's why he didn't want it to go on that long when he first got into office. And now he has the thing of being like, I don't want to look like I'm prosecuting my political opponent. But it's like, but your political mm. opponent did a coup. On yeah. The, yeah. Like, uh, He's a criminal and then your political opponent. Like, yeah, exactly. Just because like, he's your political opponent does not erase everything else like about him. Exactly. I mean, they're, you know, again, criticism of the Democrats uh, is that they're operating on old guard and old rules. I haven't read that. I meant to do it for today, but I did not. Sorry, listeners. But I do want to make sure we cover that AOC article or that AOC interview in New York Magazine that was getting talked about a lot. I guess this was kind of like her point that Democrats are not set up for success right now. Yeah, because they're, you know, the thing that got Nixon in trouble was that everyone else like held him to that standard. But if the, uh, the Republicans themselves clearly aren't embarrassed by anything, they're only Mm. embarrassed by a young kid, like outing them for doing cocaine (laughs) and and orgies. Like that's the only thing they get embarrassed by or embarrassed by Liz Cheney speaking out against Donald Trump. They don't care. And then we're still like, you know, the Democrats are still um, on this thing of like, 
they'll figure it out or they should be ashamed of it. They're not, they're not. We gotta like, you know, and then, you know, there are people within the Democratic Party that there are a lot of people who are very progressive and want to, you know, know what's up, are with the times, and they're not getting really celebrated in the party and yeah. embraced. Mm -hmm. They're they're getting a lot of heat internally. And anytime that these centrists get primaried and lose, it's the fault of the people who are with the times. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, as know, we were watching Katanji Brown Jackson, Judge Jackson get, you know, brutalized. That was a very unique situation. And, and not a lot of Democrats really stood up for her. And it just made me think of like a lot of Democratic women that are in elected positions who are getting a version of that all the time. And their the colleagues time. might not even know because they're just so used to it, they don't tell them. And so the stuff that they're working against all of the time and to see like, to see some reluctance at the top to really like go after these things that they're they're advocating so hard for and they're getting heat for it. Hopefully we'll see more energy. To close, we want to talk about sports. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> uh, happy Women's History Month. What we, oh, today's the last day of Women's History Month. Oh my goodness. I have been really enjoying watching the women's basketball merch madness. There have been some incredible games. Those girls are those women are incredible, like very embarrassing that I share their gender and can never <laughs> ever get anywhere close to to what they can do. In New York, our very own New York, Governor Kathy Hochul announced plans for taxpayers to contribute $850 million, notably almost a billion dollars, to a new stadium for the Buffalo Bills. Now, this will be the largest direct public subsidy for a National Football League stadium Terrible. in history. Like this is money for the NFL of an NFL stadium. Hochul touted the agreement as a win for taxpayers. She says the project is going to create 10,000 union jobs over a very long period of time. And that's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, not, not even that many. Yeah. Yeah. Not even that many. Just give, just, if you spent, <laughs> imagine what they would do if you gave that money to 10,000 people anyway. A billion dollars. Yeah, that's it. That's that, That's the story. And this has just prompted some ire from lawmakers who are like, we got some other shit to fix. Like we have hospitals that are falling apart like your predecessor didn't did shit we got some stuff to fix before we make this, this well we also stadium. have a serious rent increase problem in new york that actually can't i it's actually in the governor's hands to fix mm -hmm. a lot of what's going on new york rents have skyrocketed to be like double beyond what they were even before the pandemic and instead we're like instead of trying to create affordable housing or trying to give renters a break or doing anything along those lines mm -hmm. we're building a big stadium for the you know what I'm gonna at the say, top of the state <laughs> you know what i'm gonna say where's the fucking bike lanes I know. where's the subway where's all that shit we need the northeast corridor needs to get renovated we have really serious transportation issues too on top of housing and educate like and it's also like NFL is racist. Like they just are. They don't, you know, they, they abuse their fucking employees. The team owners are like these old rich white guys. The guy who owns the Buffalo Bills is worth five billion dollars. Like it's the Why same can't he thing. Spend the money? Exactly. Where, like, but it's it's the same thing from when Amazon wanted to open um, mm -hmm. in New York and and they were going to get a tax subsidy. They opened in New York anyway. But the thing is, like, we don't need to be subsidizing these rich people from getting more money. If they want to do it here, or like, great, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to use our taxpayer money for it. And I think that's the biggest argument. 
for yeah. that. Yeah, just we pay money. high taxes here. Yeah. I don't yeah. want a Buffalo Bill Stadium. Uh, here's the other thing. <laughs> Two hours stadium away. deals are always, 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 always a scam. They have never, ever, 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 ever done what they're supposed to do. And I remember this because I was on the ground with my, my parents were quite active in Develop Don't Destroy, which was the argument against the Barclay Center. And oh, wow. almost every single thing that they said was going to happen, it's going to destroy a lot of the local infrastructure. Um, the the uh, intersection at Flatbush and Atlantic is now one of the most dangerous intersections in the city with like 40 people dying there over the last like three years. Mm-hmm. It's just like all of the stuff that we like people said, like it's going to overwhelm um, environmental concerns. Mm-hmm. It's going to displace existing um community members which absolutely has happened it's all luxury housing mm-hmm. um and there are no jobs and it's like oh we're gonna have so many jobs and it's like oh these are all temporary jobs they're Contractors. very small they they not good wages it's not a livable like situation and all of that happened and we that was like well we had been arguing for years that they should be developing here a community center and a space for you know, like young black kids to play and all this other yeah. stuff and you know, that's where the money went to a, a development that has ultimately further displaced like a ton of marginalized people. And it, it's like, OK, so none of the good stuff that was supposed to happen happened. And it's all bad stuff, basically. And that's what stadium deals are. It's always a lie. Always. But yeah, Jason just, and this, put his name on it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're not going to see the stadium forever. And it's like right now there are very urgent problems related to the pandemic that just uh that just seem more important. Before we leave today, today is our producer Stacy Wong's last day with us at Betches and with Sup, and she's the best. She sits here and listens to us every single day, and she hears the stuff that we don't even let you guys hear. So she's a trooper. Stacy, <laughs> and we adore Stacy. We love you. And we wish her the best. Stacy, thank you. Thank you, Stacy. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sup podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.